about thankfulness. And um, so we're going to, like I said, we're going to do a little bit of fruit picking this morning, taking a bit from there. My son phoned me up yesterday, and um, Margaret doesn't know this, and he said, um, has mum got one of these? I said, yes. Oh, he said, I'll have to rethink. <laughs> so, um, <coughs> so no doubt we shall find out later on today what it's there. But obviously he wants to be thankful to mum. Uh, and this gift, like a lot of people do today, but it's not that same for everybody um, to be uh, to be to be actually enjoying today. Not all ladies will enjoy today, and that's understandable. And we all appreciate that. God appreciates that, um, and that could be for many reasons. Um, and maybe we'll look later on. And um, thank you, mate. Thank you very much. So, uh, so that's right. And um, <clears throat> there's these, uh, these two guys uh, in America, and they wanted to uh, really buy mum the, the sort of best present they could. And so they Googled, um, and one of them in particular, he Googled what, what could be the best pre- uh, present to buy his mum. And um, he came across this, this Zerker bird. And so he, he clicked on Amazon and, and ordered this Zerka bird to be delivered to the right occasion. It was an all-singing, all-dancing bird. It sang, it, well, it danced, and it could sing opera and all sorts of things. So he ordered this expensive bird that it sent to his mum. When Mother's Day came, he was so desperate to find out how she appreciated this bird. He said, what do you think of the bird, mum? He said, it tasted lovely. Sometimes we get it wrong, and uh, sometimes, it, sometimes it works. But today is a day of thankfulness for many people. There be many, many gifts in order to say thank you to someone. So our March, March prayer month, as I've said, is about ceaselessness, watchfulness, um, thankfulness, and outwardness. And today it's thankfulness. And we're in the, in the March prayer month, we're focusing on a small section of the Colossian letter, just a small section of it. Um, but in actually leading up to this small section at the end of the letter, Paul has actually mentioned thankfulness in one way or another on a different occasions through the letter. And so first of all, I'm going to fruit pick from the book itself from Colossians. And um, <clears throat> this was a newly established local church. It had encountered problems relationally, and theologically, and Paul was writing this pastoral corrective letter to steer them through, to get them back on course. Isn't it lovely when someone helps you to get back on course? A bit like Mick has said this morning, you know, uh, we may need to reposition, and um, we need to be repositioned to get back on course. And I felt, I felt someone, as, as Mick said that, I was actually sitting down in my chair, and um, that was because of my legs. Um, but, um, but I felt, just in my spirit, that God wanted to say to you, someone, in this prayer month, you've been sort of trying to think about how you can connect with God. And um, this repos- I felt this repositioning was that someone's been trying to think of how best to do this. And for you, you've been thinking, well, what can I do? And I thought of a, a, a story of a lady who we were introduced to, and she always sat down in a, in a special armchair. She called it her prayer chair in order that she might just spend time with God. 
And, um, and I just felt that someone, it's just a little point of being intentional about you do, what you do. And I think God was saying to you, just find a seat somewhere and sit in it and say, this is for God. That might be for you, I don't know. It's simple, but it's your point of saying, I want to be intentional about it. So I'm going to sit in that chair. Um, maybe I'll say something. Maybe I won't. Maybe God will say something. Maybe I'll just read a verse from the Bible. That is a sort of repositioning, isn't it? And many of us have come to these points in time when we can actually reposition. And I think there was an element of this in this Colossian letter that they need to reposition themselves in certain aspects. Coming to the end of the letter, these, these, this verse, verses that we're reading from, Colossians 4, 2 to 4, uh, it says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison. Paul had been repositioned into prison, but it didn't stop him from doing what he meant to do, for going for the mission and going for the gospel, and also how he ought to speak. So the first time Paul mentions thanksgiving is, is in uh, is chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. Paul thanks God for the Colossian people. A man named Epaphras had gone there and told them about Jesus, and they'd responded. What a wonderful thing to do. How do you respond to Jesus when you hear the message? How do you respond to Jesus when you hear the message of the gospel for the first time? Well, you say, well, Jesus died for my sins, so I need to do something about that. He suffered on the cross for me so that I might be forgiven. He gave his life for my life in order that I might know more than forgiveness of sins. I might know a new life. And I might have the hope, which is stronger than death, and last for eternity. How do you respond to Jesus? How do you reposition yourself from being a non-Christian to being a Christian? He says, Lord, I see what you've done for me. I know that you died for my sins, and I receive you as my saviour. Help me to live for you. Thank you for all that you've done for me. That's a massive reposition. Because later on in the Colossian letter, he said, you've been translated from the power of darkness into the kingdom of God's Son. You can't be in one and the other. When we become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not just a simple, oh, I believe in Jesus. No. It's a miraculous work that he's done to you spiritually to change you from one place to another place. Oh, hallelujah. Because you can't do that yourself, and I can't. the gospel, and Paul takes them back to the foundation of the gospel. He said, because they were sort of listening to other things, we live in a world where it's quite easy to listen to other things. I do. We all do. But when we're hearing what they're saying, and then we try and reposition, it may be the wrong repositioning. But the only sound, sure repositioning we can have is in Jesus. 
He's the only one that can take us from one life to a new life. We have one life to live. We live it for Jesus. We live it in honor of him. So Paul said, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you, just as you were taught. That's the foundation. Abounding in thanksgiving. Now that takes us back to Steve's message where we talked about ceaselessness. It's like the cup overflowing. This cup can't contain it. I need to look outside the box, the cup. I need to be thankful. I need to be more than polite. I need to be spirit-driven. To have a heartfelt gratitude for what Jesus has done for me. So he takes them back to the foundation and he said, now you need to be thankful in all of this. When Steve was speaking, he was talking about ceaselessness. And he sort of inferred and said that he says, don't limit the places in which we pray. Don't limit the people for whom we pray. Don't limit the times when we do pray. And don't forget, it's not just in one situation. In those situations, we need to thank God. We don't need to be put off by the situation we're in. We actually need to drive through and say, I'm having a really bad day today, but I'm going to thank God. That's when it's important. It's in those different situations. Don't say, oh, well, it's only when I'm in church, or only when I get up in the morning, or only when I go to bed in the evening. In every situation, I will say thank you. I will be a thankful person. If I look at my life, I see there's quite a big space between saying thank you and being grateful. You know, I'm so grateful when it gets to getting into bed at night time. I've even started going up to bed earlier. Because, you know, once I look back in my early days, I used to work in the day, work in the evening, work through the night, and sleep didn't seem to bother me. And I really enjoyed working all hours of the night and the day. And, but now, oh my goodness, when it comes to bedtime, I'm so thankful for my bed. And it's quite a bit different. And I find that age makes a difference too. As a young people, as a young adult, you, you grow up, you just live with all the things around you, all the structure we've got to life, all the things we hope for. You know, they're all there, they're all They're all possible. They're all possible. But it's not until you get older, you say, well, I'm really thankful for that. I'm really thankful that I've got a car now. Whereas I used to walk or jump on the bike, and um, but I'm thankful for the car. But sometimes it can be an age thing. As we move towards maturity, we become more grateful for the things we have. And so we should be. But you know, it's, it's the Spirit of God, ultimately, that puts in us the Spirit of gratitude. He puts the depth there. It's something we actually can't do ourselves. So here was Wayne, an auntie gave him a bag of sweets, and his mum said, 
Say thank you to Auntie Doon. Now, when, when you, after the party's finished, Wayne, you say thank you to Auntie. It's a polite thing, isn't it? Say thank you. I went to the doctor's surgery this week, and I thought, I'm preaching on thankfulness on Sunday. I'll just count up how many times I hear people say thank you. I heard two, then I was called in for my blood test. So I didn't have a chance to count up any more. But it's part of our culture, isn't it? Part of our society to say thank you. We teach our children to say thank you, but what does it mean? When does it actually mean something? So maybe our own independence and our own confidence sometimes can prevent us being really thankful. Really thankful. Are there challenges for us to be thankful, but it's not an easy thing. Sometimes it grows, sometimes it develops. But if we feel that we need to be more thankful, we can ask God and he'll help us. Someone said, you can say thank you by words, but gratitude is in action. And sometimes you say, well, how can I say thank you? And so we bring a gift. And we say, this is for you, just to say thank you. Just to say thank you. So there is a difference. So Paul is really praying that the power they had experienced in their initial salvation moved on to thankfulness. Then in Colossians 2, 6-7, he said, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up, established in the faith, abounding in thanksgiving. That's what I've just read. But in that, he mentioned places people, times, and situations. The Jews have a toilet prayer. Did you know that? When they go to the toilet, they pray. Then they wash their hands. Places. We go to church. We go to people's houses, places. We can thank him wherever we are. We can thank him amongst people. Now, in this Colossian church, there were people of different cultures, so obviously different genders, different sexes, obviously different ages. And there were different people of different status. And sometimes people coming together like that it's very difficult to be grateful all the time for everybody. And he was speaking into that situation. And he was telling them too how, you know, that they needed to demonstrate their love and be thankful for each one. And sometimes we need to be moved to be intentional about thanking someone, maybe a gift or just going up to them and saying thank you. I think this is a growing pick, and we sort of cherry-pick here a bit, fruit-picking, and say, well, I, could, I work best amongst people, so I can just encourage them by saying thankful. And as I look about here this morning, I see so much thankfulness and gratitude in this Beacon community. It's amazing. I think we're a people of thankfulness, but we can go on, and we need to go on, and it begins with God. 
times. Praise him in the morning we sing. Praise him in the evening. Praise him when we're young and when we're old. We were still praising him through COVID. Amazing. Different times. And yet, just, just out there, there was so much grumbling, moaning, carrying on. But as believers, we can be thankful. Disappointment. Different times when we have disappointment. I heard the other day that, and I'm not, not going to think which people are looking at, a child was disappointed and that child had a serious mental problem. Sometimes disappointment is a part of life, just simply a part of life. And in those times, we as Christians can learn to be thankful when we're disappointed. At all times, God will help us to do it. But the Bible really identifies through its history how different people prayed in different situations. There was Noah. He'd been 40 days at sea, not knowing what was going to, the end was going to be. He was stuck in that ark with all them animals. He'd never seen rain before. And rain had come. What's happening, God? All this around me. And in that ark, eventually it did come to an end. And he walked, came, it says he came out on dry land. But after he did so, he built an altar. And that altar was to praise God. Or just praise God. And just thank him. You see, that was a situation which he was getting ready for, but he didn't know how it was going to work out in the end. And sometimes in life we don't know how things are going to work out. But in the end, whatever that outcome is, there's still a place for us to build an altar. Say to God, thank you for who you are, what you've done, how you've kept us. There was Hannah. She had a bitter experience with her husband's other wife, Benina. And then, to, to, to make that worse, she couldn't have a child, and Penina had children, and she was taunting her and making life difficult for her. And so she prayed for a child, and God gave me a child. And she said, if you give me a child, I will give it back to you. Her child, Samuel, she did do that. There was a time after he'd been weaned, she took him to the temple and left him there. He left him there. Her gratitude was giving back to God in that sense. And that was difficult. That must have been so very, very difficult. But she did it. That was the situation. She thanked God in that situation. And there are many experiences in life. And Mother Day's, Mother's Day is one of those days when it might be difficult for some people. But God understands. But there's still room. And actual fact, Thanking God can actually help us build and come out of that. Those situations was Hannah. There was Daniel. He was captured from his country and taken enslaved in another country. The edict was made out that everybody should bow down to this idol. 
and pray towards this idol. But what did he do? He didn't do that. He disobeyed that command. But in this situation, he believed what God wanted him to do. And so in the open window, above all things, he demonstrated his prayer to God. And people could hear him praying, and they could see him praying. And so he made in situations to be thankful. Then there was Mary, the wonderful benediction that she gave. Her prayer and the situation, that must have been a difficult situation. Did she ever lose that part of her life where people looked down on her? Did she lose that? I don't know. But it must have hurt her in her heart at times. Some people must have said some things to hurt. And she said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. That's a heart of thankfulness remaining even while it was difficult. In situations, she found God to be her strength. There was Peter, Steve mentioned, Peter in prison, singing songs of praise at midnight, in prison, in different situations. So thankfulness comes mainly towards us, and the Bible says, whatever situation is, don't let it rob you. Don't let it rob you of the power of being thankful to God, and we don't do that this morning. Today I stood at my window and cursed the pouring rain. Today a desperate farmer prayed for his fields of grain. My weekend plans are ruined, it almost makes me cry while the farmer lifts his arms and blesses the clouded sky. The alarm went off on Monday and I cursed my work routine. Next door, a laid-off mechanic fills the empty pockets of his jeans. I can't wait for my vacation, some time to take for me. He doesn't know tonight how he'll feed his family. I cursed my leaky roof and the grass I need to mow. A homeless man downtown checks for change on the telephone. I need a new car, mine's getting really old. He huddled in a doorway, seeking shelter from the cold. With blessings I'm surrounded. The rain, a job, a home. Though my eyes are often blinded by the things I think I own. There's always that challenge, isn't there? There's always that challenge. Be thankful in every situation. God, help us to be thankful. When we get to the heart of worship, which is Jesus, we can get to the heart of Jesus, which is you and I. Then we can find the heart of the gospel which is still a mystery, but it's there for you and I. The heart of the gospel is that love that Jesus had for us. We sung this morning. No wonder we are a thankful people. Now, just three things <clears throat> that I want to suggest that we are thankful for this morning. 
maybe in our extra time of worship or in this week, the first thing is to thank God for Jesus. Now we've done that. But the Bible verse says this, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. His unspeakable gift. Thanks be to God. Let's pray, let's thank God for Jesus. Let's not stop giving thanks to God for Jesus. We need to do that. Next thing I suggest we pray for is to thank God for the Holy Spirit. I think I feel we just need to open our hearts and minds to the fact of the Holy Spirit's presence and his desire, what he wants to do with Beacon Community. He wants to make changes. He wants to give gifts. He wants to help us to be more like Jesus. And we can't do it on our own. We can't just change our lives. We can't reposition ourselves just for the trying The Holy Spirit, that's why he's called the helper. Because he comes alongside and helps us. So we need to thank God. We need to be vociferous about these things. We need to say it. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. And we do thank God for his Holy Spirit. And the last of the three things I want us to pray for is to thank God for the blood of Jesus. Now, this doesn't crop up very, very often, but uh, I went to a church in Twiddle once uh, to preach there, it's in Gillingham, and they didn't want any hymns of, which actually mentioned the blood of Jesus. And they didn't want you to mention the blood of Jesus in your sermon. They said, we don't like the blood here. It makes us feel like that. Um, I thought myself, wow. It's the blood of Jesus Christ which cleanses us from all sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of sins. And if we look into Revelation, that which empowers the believer in its secret depth is the blood of Jesus. Because it says there, as testimony to those Christians who had suffered in the midst of persecution and difficult situation, is they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb being Jesus Christ. I think this week maybe we could just be vociferous about the blood of Jesus because there's a secret power going on behind things that happen when we mention the blood of Jesus. One of the things, one of the uh, condemnations about the Jewish people is they forgot God. Maybe not everybody will know the story from the Old Testament, but when God finally withdrew them out of slavery, and we're talking about nearly two million people here, when God extracted nearly two million people out of the Egyptian, under the control of the Egyptian king, the Pharaoh at that time, the only way they could get out and be protected from the destroying angel at that time was to take a lamb, to kill it, to put the blood in a basin, get some hyssop, and put it on the side on on the lintel, the side posts, and the lintels, 
and God's destroying angel, his, his judgmental angel, wouldn't, they'd be safe on that. If they didn't, the firstborn of every child and creature would be destroyed. If an Egyptian had overheard that and done the same thing, he would be protected by the blood. But the Bible says, and I can hear this from my earliest years in Sunday school, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's scripture. So I think it's quite important for us to as believers, just to know how precious is the blood of Jesus Christ, to thank God for the blood of Jesus. Lastly, I just felt today when I was preparing this, the Lord, how can, how can there be some sort of ministry, how can there be some connection um, with what God wants to do? Today, Mother's Day, is about appreciation Thankfulness is about appreciation, saying thank you. It's how much I appreciate what you've done for me. And I appreciate what it meant to you to do that for me. It's about appreciation. But there are times in life when we ourselves don't feel appreciated. And Mother's Day is one of those times. And um, I'm not going to force this ministry... But I'm just going to say, if that's you, and God's making this point clear to you now, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and do something with you. Because God wants to show you how much he loves you and how much he appreciates you. And just a little later on, and we'll do it in the remaining part of our worship, the children are come come in and they're going to bring their thank you prayers for today. So when they return, see when they return, we give them that opportunity to be hearing what they've been doing and maybe read some of those prayers. So Father, we just thank you for your amazing goodness to us. Just help us to be thankful in all we do and all we say, and especially as we come together in worship, that we may be vociferous about how much we love you. And we shall say thank you and praise your name together in Jesus' name.